Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. Mama. That's right. This is my mom. And Glenn Leverins. This is Morning Air. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Happy Friday, December 22nd. Good morning and welcome back to a brand new hour of Morning Air on this Friday before Christmas. I'm John Morales along with studio producer Sarah Tafoya. Glenn is off today. He's got a jump start on uh, the Christmas holidays. And our thanks to Brooke Taylor for filling in uh, with the news for Glenn and Thanks so much uh, for making us a, a part of your morning wherever you may be across America and beyond uh, listening to us here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. It's an honor and a privilege to be with you. As Glenn always says, the best listeners in the world, you are Relevant Radio family on this Friday for our very last live broadcast of the year with only three more days until Christmas. Get a little emotional there, John. It's our last day of the year. I can't believe I it. I am getting a little emotional. I was just, you know, <laughs> said an extra little prayer. This is it, our final hour, so we're going to make it uh, our best. Yes, and uh, uh, in case, for whatever reason, if you haven't been uh, tuning in these last few days and you haven't heard, we have a special Christmas gift for you. A brand new update to the Relevant Radio app. Before you head over the river and through the woods uh, for your Christmas uh, travels, make sure that you download our updated app. As always, you can listen to our live shows. You can find podcasts of all of your favorite programs, the Patrick Madrid Show, the Drew Mariani Show, the Family Rosary Across America, and of course, that includes Morning Air. But now you're going to be able to Jump ahead with uh, easy uh, to navigate uh, chapters and listen on autoplay. It is uh, perfect for all of you who are binge listeners. Uh, you can uh, uh, listen while you're driving uh, d- during the holidays and try our best of the week segments or the Saints series from the Merry Beggars. So there is uh, a little smorgasbord of uh, choices. There's also uh, many uh, outstanding features that you're going to want to discover. So uh, download or update your relevant radio app. It was already the number one app out there in the Catholic world. It just has gotten even better. Go to the App Store, or you can visit our website at relevantradio.com app, and I guarantee you, you can do it really super quick in less than two minutes. Once again, I want to bring in Sarah. Yes, Sarah, I am a little emotional. This is our last live uh, show of, of 2023, and uh, just three days uh, before Christmas. So, are you ready? Well, I guess I'm as ready as I'm going to be for today. Oh, gosh, but there's just always those little last minute things. You know, you can't do them too early because you have to do them, you know, really close to the actual day, making certain dishes. And so you have to go to the store and get all those ingredients. And I learned from Thanksgiving, I'm not going to buy them early because my kids eat them. So I have to wait a little bit longer. But, hey, it's okay. We'll get it all together. And I just also, you know, depending on what how you 
do your family functions. For me, I'm, uh, you know, assigned a certain dish. So I have to like recheck, okay, what did you assign me? So I don't, we don't have duplicates and I bring what I thought I was supposed to and that wasn't. So you got to double check, but that's okay. All right. Are, are you guys uh, traveling after all today is the busiest travel day of uh, the year? A ton of people, uh, 39 million are uh, traveling uh, by air. Uh, AAA says 115 million are going to go at least 50 miles or more, including our family. What about you guys? Uh, no, we're not We're not doing very much traveling because all of our family is very close. So that's great. And we're one of the people that kind of host during the season. So uh, we're, we're traveling to the grocery store and that's about it because we got to mostly just clean up, which is so refreshing, you know, get everything ready for Jesus. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, you know, I love Christmas cards. And, uh, you know, we usually wait till the last minute to actually send them out because we usually, you know, shoot the, the Christmas card in front of the Christmas tree like we did the, uh, a few days ago. Uh, but this morning I, I walked into my office office and I had a, a special beautiful Christmas card with uh, Madonna and child with the uh, Blessed Mother and the baby Jesus uh, from Monsignor James Shea, uh, one of our favorite regular contributors uh, to the show and the, all the good folks at the University of Mary and uh, just really put a smile uh, to the beginning of my day. Well, you know, isn't that one of the nice things about Christmas is that, you know, oftentimes we get mail every day, but it's the stuff we want to recycle, not the stuff we want to keep and, you know, put on the mantle or anything. So it's nice at Christmas time when you get those cards and sometimes it's from people you don't see all the time. And you're like, oh yeah, that's great. Hey, it's nice to see how they're doing or that you know they're sending sometimes depending on what's on the cover of their christmas card it does it's a, it's nice to have a little smorgasbord of the pictures of christmas all around you oh and do we have we upstairs where we pray the angelus there are so many christmas beautiful christmas cards of every shape and type uh, under the sun all these wonderful families uh, who have sent their christmas cards uh, heartfelt messages that we have displayed uh, underneath the the windows up there we don't have enough windows for all the cards well it's a fun Fun problem to have. And thank you to all people who've been sending in Christmas cards to Relevant Radio. You know, it makes you think, hey, we're part of their family. And it's good because we want to be part of your family. So thanks for including us this year. All right. Uh, just a quick reminder that uh, this uh, this Christmas, uh, we're required to go to Mass twice this weekend because obviously uh, the, the fourth Sunday of Advent falls on December 24th, and uh, which is Christmas Eve. And then uh, the very next day on Monday, December 25th, is a holy day of obligation. So uh, it's, you know, maybe a, a little bit uh, more challenging for some folks, but, you know, it's it's still a beautiful thing. You can space it out. Nobody says you have to go, you know, on the same day. You, you can space it out. You, you can go to the, the vigil mass uh, for uh, Sunday early. There's lots of options. Lots of options. Yeah, you exactly. can do a Saturday for Sunday and Sunday for Monday, or you can do Saturday for Sunday My and Monday for Monday. and Or you could do Saturday, you know, Sunday for Sunday and Sunday for Monday. So it's uh, there's uh, lots of choices. So uh, don't be pigeonholed to just do one thing. All right. Now, what about the, your, the uh, Tafoya family? Uh, you and Dominic and the kids, you guys uh, ever make it to Midnight Mass or uh, is yeah. that uh, too challenging? <laughs> no, I'm too tired for that, John. Come on. I can barely... My wife says the same thing. That's a, no, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, maybe later when everyone's a little bit older, maybe we could try one of that. But, you know, usually we do Christmas Eve. That's a family tradition from my side of the family. So that's usually... We do that. And the, then, the early the, the early vigil the mass? The vigil, yeah. So usually like four or five, whatever that vigil mass happens right. to be. So we usually do that. Um, for this year, you know, you got... we Usually our normal Sunday mass is to do uh, 8.30 mass in the morning. So we'll be hitting up two on Sunday... 
doing uh, both of those obligations. And then also we were assigned to be uh, to serve at Mass and to read at Mass on Christmas morning. So we're going to hit it hard. Wow, oh, it's going to be a be lot busy. of... So we're it, stamping the passport. You guys time. have a, a double header. We have a triple play was what we're going to be uh, doing this right. season. But you know what? Hey, you know, whatever is best for your family, you got to, you know, you know the schedule and how people are. If they're better at midnight, if they're better at 1030, you know, everybody knows what, you know, it's going to be a better fit. Well, you know, when uh, we were younger and uh, my... Uh, Joseph Dominic was just a, a little guy. We used to go to Midnight Mass. In fact, you know, just about every year we used to head out to, to Midnight Mass. And uh, it's it's a beautiful thing. And actually, Cindy already uh, uh, is uh, saying that she's thinking about wanting us to go to Midnight Mass uh, w- once again. And every year we when we go to Midnight Mass, it's always at St. John Canches. And coming up a little bit later this hour, we're going to uh, chat with Father Joshua Caswell, who's the pa- pastor of St. John Canches, where they have just the most mi- magnificent, masses and the most beautiful Christmas Advent music you ever want to hear. And so that's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be uh, looking forward uh, to that discussion. Uh, What about uh, some other traditions? Do you guys hold off on putting uh, baby Jesus in the manger? Yes. Well, yeah, I think I said before, usually we, we wrap Jesus up as a present and yeah, Christmas morning, he gets unwrapped and put on in the, the uh, nativity crush that we have set there. But I asked people online, I said on, on Facebook, I said on a morning air page, say, hey, what are your favorite family traditions? And we got some listeners saying, hey, one of their favorites is decorating the tree, baking cookies with family, grandkids, having, you know, just going to mass and, you know, the day before, and then just having a leisurely breakfast and relaxing on Christmas day to honor Jesus. Jesus. And uh, that's a lot of the things that people are looking forward to. So those are great. Those are good great, traditions. Uh, for I like sure. That. I like the leisurely. Breakfast. Leisurely. Nice. Okay. Yeah, what, a, what about opening up the presents uh, with the kids? You guys do it uh, before breakfast, first thing in the morning. Are you in your PJs? Some people open them up at night. In fact, in, in the in the uh, Colombian tradition, we used to open them up uh, at, at night. So uh, that made it challenging to head out to, to uh, mid- midnight mass. You had to open them and then rush out to midnight I mass. See that could be problematic. Yeah, you know what? I think um, kids around the country would love to wake up in the middle of the night and see those presents there and start ripping the paper. <laughs> they can't wait. In fact, usually um, all the kids in my house are up before dawn has even thought about waking up. So usually the earlier they they just, for some reason, you know, the anticipation, the excitement of what is to come, you just can't, you're not having a good night's sleep. So uh, they usually wake up very, very early and they start cracking open those presents. But usually Christmas Eve after mass, we do have a little bit, you know, a couple of presents that we open and then the rest of Christmas day. And I love uh, going uh, to these Christmas masses and you see faces and you see folks that only go maybe one time the entire year, you know, may, or maybe at Easter as well, the, you know, the Christmas and Easter uh, folks. Uh, and they're, of course, welcomed as well. Yeah, well, and also it's a time for families to come together and go to Mass. So sometimes you see a lot of new faces because they're, you know, they're traveling from far away and they're all coming to Mass together. And that's a beautiful thing, too, that your whole family can fit in these pews and you see all the familiar faces. It's nice to do that. Absolutely. And just a quick reminder for us Catholics, uh, Christmas is not a one-day celebration. You don't uh, throw the tree out the next day. Uh, for us, it's the Christmas season. We have the octave, which is eight days long, and then the Christmas season uh, rolls on until the baptism of the Lord uh, on January 13th, uh, typically. And for really, really traditional Catholic, uh, the Christmas season goes all the way until February 2nd, which is Candlemas, the, the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord. So that is that custom still is is good in, in, in uh, Italy, in Rome, and in, in a number 
number of other uh, countries around the world. So uh, we have a long se- a season in which we can continue to say Merry Christmas. Feliz it's, Navidad. It, it's the party of the year. So, hey, and, and the new year. So let's keep the party going. And we always continue to remind you about the reason for the season, which is the baby Jesus Christ the Lord. All right. As always, uh, Sarah, it's uh, too much fun, but we got to move on. Merry Christmas, John. Merry Christmas uh, to you, uh, Dominic, and your whole family. We uh, begin every hour in prayer, as we always do, uh, with a deep sense of gratitude here on uh, these last few days uh, before Christmas, uh, giving thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings. And of course, we always uh, pray through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary, the Mother of God. And we continue to pray especially for peace in the world, peace in the Middle East and Ukraine, and, and of course, all the many, many intentions that you send to us, you are relevant radio family. So you're in our prayers. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and patroness of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio, pray for us. And we invoke the Holy Spirit here in a special way. We really need the Holy Spirit to inspire us and guide us when we pray. Come, Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, as we do every single Friday, we always uh, take a moment to, to reflect on the sacred heart of Jesus as well as the passion and the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Even though this is Advent time, Fridays is always special here on this show. Our power scripture from the playbook of life this morning is from Luke 1, through 49, from Mary's Magnificat. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Our Blessed Mother Mary, in her visitation to Elizabeth, prophesied that all generations would call her blessed. For 2,000 plus years, the Catholic Church has been calling Mary the Blessed Mother. In fact, every time that we pray the Hail Mary and every time that we pray the Holy Rosary, we are calling Mary blessed. Our mother is blessed because of her yes to God and the fruit of her womb especially, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. In these final three days of Advent, let's continue to meditate on Jesus, the real reason for the season. And we always pray with great confidence that prayer from the Chapel of Divine Mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. We need to take a short pause. When we come back on the other side, Catholic and pro-life attorney Mary Helen Fiorito will be with us to discuss how Christmas is an inspiring pro-life reflection on fatherhood. So stay with us. Uh, There is much more to come here on Morning Air on this Friday before Christmas on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. What child is this who lay to rest on Mary's 
to get us uh, ready. Uh, I'm John Morales, along uh, with producer Sarah. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is a great joy uh, to be with you on this Friday before Christmas here on Relevant Radio and the new and improved Relevant Radio app. In fact, just a quick reminder in case for whatever reason you haven't heard, we made the big announcement uh, a couple of days ago on Wednesday and uh, have a special Christmas gift uh, for all of you, our Relevant Radio family. It's a brand new update to the Relevant Radio app. Uh, They've been working on it for quite some time, so it's a long time in coming. As always, you're going to be able to listen to uh, all of our live shows. Uh, You can find podcasts of all your favorite programs, Patrick Madrid, the Drew Mariani Show, uh, the Family Rosary Across America, Kale Clark, Timory, you name it, we have it for you. And of course, Morning Air. But now you'll be able to jump ahead with easy to navigate chapters and listen on autoplay. This is absolutely perfect, especially if you love uh, to uh, binge listen. If you love just listening and listening while you're driving over the holidays, uh, make sure you try uh, our best of the week segment or perhaps uh, the very inspirational uh, The Saints series from The Merry Beggars. Uh, There are so many awesome features uh, to discover as well. You can uh, download or update uh, your app from your app store or from our website at relevantradio.com slash app. It only takes about 90 seconds. I timed it. It was less than two minutes, so something you can knock out right away. Quick reminder, if you want to share any thoughts, maybe even tell us what you think of the new app once you download it, uh, you can send us an email directly. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. Uh, we, we love to hear uh, from you. Our toll-free line, if you want to be part of the conversation this morning, it's 888-914-9149, sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. That's 888-914-9149. Now, as we approach the birth of of our Lord Jesus Christ uh, into the world, the Word made flesh. Let's uh, think about uh, this reality. Jesus came to the world as an unexpected pregnancy and uh, as a vulnerable preborn life. Mary and Joseph were engaged to be married, but everything changed forever with the announcement of the angel Gabriel. Joining us live uh, from the Chicago area is Morning Air regular contributor Mary Helen Fiorito uh, with much more perspective and to talk about uh, how Christmas really is an inspiring pro-life reflection uh, specifically on fatherhood. Mary is an attorney, a public speaker, and a commentator on issues involving Catholic Church teachings, administration, and religious freedom. She also holds the position of Cardinal Francis George Fellow at both the Ethics and Public Policy Center and the DeNicola Center for Ethics and Culture at the University of Notre Dame. Mary, I'm wearing a Notre Dame hoodie this morning. Hey, uh, it's a joy You're to be really with you. really in the spirit. It's, it's a joy <laughs> to be you with you. Thank you for having me. Many, yes, always a joy. Uh, uh, many, Thanks for having me. Many uh, uh, blessings uh, uh, these last few days here with only three days to go uh, before uh, Christmas. So uh, uh, this is it. This is our final um, live hour of morning air for the year. 
Well, it's been it's been a wonderful year, and it's always one of the great highlights of my week to be able to come on and have a conversation with you and the listeners. Well, I look uh, forward to it every week. For sure, the feeling is mutual. We so much appreciate all of your contributions uh, week in and week out, uh, Mary. Um, let's uh, let's talk about our Blessed Mother Mary and Saint Joseph. Um, they they became, of course, extraordinary uh, pro life witnesses and really a, a great example uh, for all of us today. Can can you share with us a little bit of that? perspective. Yeah, you know, it's such a critical thing, um, you know, when we're thinking about not only just the the birth of our Lord and St. Joseph's role in that, but also, you know, when we're thinking about the pro-life issue and the way in which a man's reaction, the, the reaction of the father of the child has so much impact, I, I think beyond what most people recognize, has so much impact on that woman's decision. Um, you know, a couple of uh, weeks ago, we talked about that tragic case of Britney Spears, you know, who um, was pregnant by her boyfriend, then boyfriend, Justin Timberlake. And she had her abortion because he essentially said to her, I am not ready to be a father yet. It was his reaction that he didn't want the child. And she made it clear she wanted to have that baby. And she said, I always thought the two of us would have children together. But he's the one that said to her, we're not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. And she had the abortion to make him happy. And in all the years I have done pro-life work, I have found very few women, um, you know, in in terms of counseling women who've had abortions and doing post-abortion work, who were not under some kind of duress or coercion from someone or something, either from the baby's father, that's most often the case, but sometimes her parents, uh, sometimes her employer, right, who doesn't, uh, you know, want her to be gone for maternity leave. And it's a lot cheaper and easier for uh, the employer to offer a a $4,000 abortion than it is for, you know, uh, them to pay for 12 weeks of maternity leave. So the, the, the role in which, you know, the child's father plays in expressing his desire to not only just take care of his own child and be responsible, but to take care of her. And that's something that we see St. Joseph do so beautifully. Now, of course, we know Scripture calls him a righteous man unwilling to expose Mary to the law. So, uh, you know, Scripture, uh, you know, tells us Joseph was a righteous man. So a righteous man is not going to abandon a pregnant woman, and nor was he even willing, even though this child was not his, to expose her to, to a law who, which would have made her susceptible for, to something like stoning, for example. So we had someone who was a righteous man, and I think in you know in society today, we are seeing such a crisis of masculinity. And um, you know, there's a new book it either just came out or it's coming out in 2024. But I was reading some reviews of it, and it's it's called like Men Adrift or something, and it's talking about the diminishing numbers of men, young men in their late 20s, early 30s, not only who are not getting married, they don't want to get married, John. They have no aspirations to be a husband and a father and to build a home. And that used to be something, you know, that was a goal of many men. They wanted to find, you know, a a woman they loved and settle down and have a family with her. That was something men, you know, strove to find and aspired to. And now we, we, we see them just, they're happier playing video games and sadly looking at pornography than they are being with a real live human being and creating a family. It sounds like the, the Peter Pan syndrome. 
Yes, that's that's a very good way to put it. Actually, that's an excellent way to put it. And you know, there's a there's a beautiful article that was in um, Newsweek uh, just a few days ago by Benjamin Watson, who is an NFL player. He played for the Patriots. Um, he had played at Georgia, uh, and then went on to be drafted and played for the the Patriots and was on their Super Bowl team. And he's a Protestant, but he's um, you know very involved in the pro life movement. In fact, he spoke at a pregnancy center dinner in Chicago not too long ago. And I was so actually I there followed. for that one. Well, were you there when oh, he was yeah. there? Oh, yeah, yeah, what a wonderful man he is. He's, he's, and I think he has seven children, something like that. You know, he met his he met his wife in college, and they got married right after he got drafted to the NFL. And, um, you know, they've got seven kids, and he's, you know, just, you can tell how much joy he gets from being a dad, from being a husband and a dad, that, like, that's his most important thing. But um, but he, you know, honestly, is very interesting to see it because, you know, Protestants don't often focus on St. Joseph at all, you know, and the or role Mary, of Joseph. Or for that matter. <laughs> or Mary, right, exactly. At Christmas, we, they kind of have to mention her, you right. know, but other than that. Yes, uh, yeah. yeah so typically, it's, the it's, Blessed Mother takes center stage. They don't call her the Blessed Mother. They just call her Mary. Yeah. They don't call uh, St. Joseph. St. Joseph, they call him just Joseph. Oh, but uh, I know e- Joseph. Either I way, know the whole Either way, yeah. there's so much uh, that all of us, uh, any kind of Christian of whatever stripe you are, that we can learn uh, from 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 the two of them, and specifically uh, when it comes to fatherhood from Saint Joseph. Right, and and you look at what he was called to do, and again, you know, Jewish law would have um, permitted him to divorce Mary quietly. He didn't do that, um, but of course, also he did. You know, receive pretty clear directions from an angel who told him the the right thing to do. Um, but he did it, and he, you know, you think... Yeah, if an of, angel appears to you, typically you're probably going to yeah, want to listen. Yeah, generally you listen. <laughs> exactly. But you know what? Sometimes people don't. Sometimes, I don't know, God speaks to people pretty clearly, and they sometimes don't listen to him. But at any rate, uh, Joseph, again, being an, a righteous man, did so, and then you just think this was what, what he had to do. It wasn't easy. You imagine that grueling trip from, you know, to Bethlehem, and tr- then trying to find his wife's shelter, you know, that evening, and so that she could have a safe place to, to bring Jesus into the world. And, you know, there's, uh, I, I really love Franco Zeffirelli's Jesus of Nazareth. Of all the, you know, uh, depictions of our Lord's life in film, I, I really still think that that's the best one. I think that particular production was blessed in some way. But the Christmas scenes, a lot of people focus on the the passion scenes in that movie, and rightly so, because they're marvelously done. But the, the Christmas and nativity scenes are really beautiful, and particularly the actor who plays Joseph is magnificent. And, you you know, really brings to light his his struggle and you know um but also what a good man he was and then that night when they arrive in bethlehem you know on christmas eve there and he can't he's going from door to door panicked trying to find somewhere for his wife to stay and there's a beautiful scene where he looks at mary and he says don't worry god will help us and then someone comes out and you know offers them a cave to go into where it'll at least will be warm and private and um so you know you just think i mean everything from that and then Shortly thereafter, you know, again, another dream warning him, you've got to leave because Herod's trying to kill this child. Imagine, under the best of circumstances, how terrified you would be if, if you knew someone was coming to try to murder your child. And you needed to protect both the mother and the baby. So that, you know, that kind of, you know, masculine instinct um, to want to protect and to provide, I think, has been so snuffed out. And that's a whole other conversation, John, I think, for another day. But I love that, you know, Benjamin Watson, again, a Protestant and a football star who speaks to so many young men and reaches them in a way that, you know, you or I probably couldn't 
uh, chose to talk about St. Joseph in a national publication. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic opinion piece in Newsweek. Christmas is an inspiring pro-life reflection on fatherhood by Benjamin Watson. Um, Mary, it is such a, a joy uh, to be with you uh, once again here just a few uh, days before Christmas. Uh, many, many blessings uh, to you these last couple of days of Advent and a Merry Christmas uh, to you and your family. Thank you, John. I'm, I'm really I'm going to have all my children home this year for Christmas. So that's not happened in a couple of years. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And I wish you and Cindy and your son and everyone at Relevant Radio, I, I pray that you all have a wonderful, wonderful, holy Christmas and a happy new year. And we'll see you on the other side. Of, the other 2024. side. 2024. Yep. Thanks so much, uh, uh, Mary. Morning Air contributor, Mary Helen Fiorito. You can uh, find her uh, on uh, X, formerly Twitter, at Mary Fiorito. We need to take a, a short pause. When we come back, uh, Father Joshua Caswell, the pastor and superior general of the Canons Regular of St. John Canches in Chicago, will join us to talk about beautiful sacred music during Advent and the Christmas season. So stay with us. We are really headed down the stretch of our final live show of the year on this Friday edition of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the new and improved Relevant Radio app. Absolutely magnificent. Oh, come all ye faithful. Absolutely love uh, that rendition. Welcome back to our final live uh, program of Morning Air here in 2023. I'm John Morales. Uh, Glenn is off uh, for the Christmas holidays. Our producer, Sarah, is with us. Thanks so much for joining us on this Friday morning before Christmas here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app with only three more days until Christmas. Now, when we think about Christmas music, many folks uh, think of uh, Jingle Bells and Frosty the Snowman, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and so many other uh, tunes that come to mind. And those are all okay, and they're a lot of fun. But, uh, you know, we we all love singing those, but uh, there's obviously much more if we want to really go deeper to the meaning of uh, this season. In fact, yesterday we sang some joyful Christmas carols with Father Rocky rocking on the piano. He can, wow, can he play the piano at our Relevant Radio uh, Christmas lunch and party? And I was really impressed by uh, Josh Raymond. I didn't know he had such musical talent. He was also awesome on, on the piano. Did they put a hat out for some coins <laughs> oh, or maybe goodness. next time? Yeah, they, they were, they, they did a great job. And and some of them were beautiful and traditional. So it leads us to what we want to focus on here in this final segment of of the year. What about beautiful classical sacred Christmas carols? Wow. 
what is it about uh, Christmas music that touches the heart deep down to the soul that attracts us like a magnet to the real meaning for the season, the birth of the baby Jesus, our Lord? In the year 387 A.D., St. Augustine wrote in his uh, confessions these words, How I wept deeply moved by your hymns, songs, and voices that echoed through your church. What emotion I experienced in them. Those sounds flowed into my ears, distilling the truth in my heart. A feeling of devotion surged within me, and tears streamed down my face. Tears that did me good. Our next guest is the pastor of one of Chicago's uh, most beautiful uh, churches, which is known for its sacred music, sacred art, and sacred liturgies. Joining us live this morning to talk about uh, sacred music, specifically during Advent and the Christmas season, is Father Joshua Caswell, the pastor of St. John Cantius Parish in Chicago and the Superior General of the Canons Regular of St. John Cantius. Father Joshua, welcome back to Morning Air. It's been way too long. What a joy it is to be with with you once again. Thanks so much for joining us on this last uh, show uh, before Christmas. Thank you so much, John. And it's good to hear your, your voice again. I know you've been a longtime friend, and it's uh, good morning to all your listeners. Oh, my goodness, uh, Father Joshua, you and I go way, way back. I think the first time I met you, you were like a, a teenager, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Basically, I was just beginning out my religious vocation, yes, indeed. Oh, well, 20 years ago now, yes. Yeah, it's, it's hard to believe. In fact, ironically, uh, 20 years ago, I met uh, my wife, Cindy, right in the back of St. John Cantius. So it will forever be part of our history and very special uh, in, in my heart. Wonderful. You know, for the folks who have, uh, you know, from other parts of the country, or even there's even folks in Chicago that have never uh, had the opportunity uh, to visit uh, your uh, magnificent uh, uh, parish and, and church, uh, St. John Cantius, uh, can, you, can you share with us just a little bit uh, about uh, your parish? Absolutely. So the parish is well known precisely because of its restoration. The parish was destined for the wrecking ball. It should have been torn down. In 1988, there were only 40 people here for one Mass on Sunday. But through beauty and through dedication, this downtown Chicago church, even this dark, broken city, is still radiating light. Now we have 3,000 families. The church was home to a growing religious order, the Canons Regular of St. John Cantius. But we're just dedicated to bringing a light to our broken world, showing that there is hope, especially through the beauty of the liturgy, the beauty of art, the beauty of music. And so... That's, that's what St. John Cantius is. Um, it's, it's a well-known church, but it sits near the Kennedy Expressway, closer to downtown. It shines a light, a light of hope, and we have a lot of, lot of great uh, progress in bringing souls who are looking for something deeper to come back to God. Every year we have new baptisms and new converts, people who are atheist or Satanist or whatever, because the power of beauty still draws people. Yes, the power of beauty. It truly is one of the most beautiful churches, uh, uh, not only in America, but in the world. I always say, you know, if you go to St. John Cantius, it's like being in Rome. You feel like you're in one of those beautiful basilicas uh, in Rome. Uh, we have so limited time and so much to talk about. Uh, you know, I just love a sacred a Christmas music. I, I believe it really elevates uh, our souls and it helps us to really understand in a very special way what we're about to experience. Uh, on, uh, on Christmas, uh, the reason for the season, the birth of our Lord uh, Jesus. I, I want to share just uh, another one of uh, the beautiful hymns uh, that is played at St. John Cantius. Oh, 
so inspirational, so uplifting. I want to open up the phone lines. If you love sacred, traditional Christmas music, maybe you might want to share with us your favorite Advent song or Christmas carol. We are taking your calls for Father Joshua Caswell, the pastor and superior general of the Canons Regular of St. John Cantius. 888-914-9149 is our number. 888-914-9149. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Father Joshua, can you talk about how music speaks to the heart uh, in a special way, in ways that just mere words can never do? Wow. Well, you began with a beautiful quote from St. Augustine who says, how I wept when I heard the, the hymns in the church. He was moved. You know, Augustine's conversion, of course, happened at that moment when he took up that book and read scripture. But the, con- the conversion of the heart happened for him when he experiences the church's litert- liturgy. And that's often because we're not just a people who live faith in our head, but we live faith in our heart. And so sacred music has this way of just going right to the heart or right to the heart of a person. And so we have this experience in downtown Chicago where we have complete atheists or maybe even somebody who's angry at the church, but they walk into a mass and they are inundated by this beautiful sound, which calls to them of something bigger than themselves. And deep down, everyone's looking for that, for that experience. You know, we do have eyelids, we can close our eyes, but we don't have ear lids. The ears are always open. And there's something about the music of the church, which the church is always blessed, which is an expression of the church's love. Augustine said, singing is for lovers. Singing is for, for lovers. And the church is somebody who's in love. The church is in love with her bridegroom, who is Christ Jesus. And that bridegroom is coming to us on Christmas. And so there is, at the incarnation of Christ, there's such a joy, there's such a, a surge of joy that the heart can't help but sing out. And that's why we have these 2,000-year-old tradition of sacred music from Gregorian chant all the way through some of the finest carols. But it, and it does, it moves the heart, it still converts people today. It is uh, so inspirational to hear those words of, of St. Augustine. I know they, they touch me deeply. Didn't he also say that uh, w- when you sing, you pray twice? That's what he said. He who sings well prays twice. I love Even it. He said well. <laughs> that is that is something well. else. Well, you know, I, I believe that the sacred music, you know, obviously not only at Christmas time, but, you know, at any time can really enhance the holy sacrifice of the Mass and can really strengthen our devotion to the Holy Eucharist, which is uh, the same Jesus, our Lord, that we are honoring here uh, on, on Christmas. Absolutely. You know, the thing about sacred music, it actually brings the atmosphere of heaven down to earth. And that's what Christmas is about, the union of heaven and earth. It's a, a very beautiful little story about emissaries of Prince Vladimir of Russia who were on, on tour to find a religion for, for Russia. They went to many different places, but they finally ended up at the Hagia Sophia, the great basilica of Christendom in Constantinople. When these emissaries walked in, they heard the chants of the church. They heard the music like St. Augustine did. And they were so moved, they wrote back to the prince and said, whether we were on earth or in heaven, we do not know. All we know is here God lives among men. And that's why Russia became Christian. But that same miracle, it happens over and over again, where people walk into the holy sacrifice of the mass, which is just, it's, it's, there's this atmosphere of heaven, the atmosphere of music or incense or art. All of that's important because it shows people that we are entering a world which is beyond us. Because when we go to holy mass, we're not on earth. We're going back to the eternal wedding banquet of the Lamb where the tears are wiped away, where everything is made new. 
Father Joshua, uh, you guys do such fantastic uh, job at uh, the Christmas Masses. Uh, how does sacred uh, music play a, a very special part of the Christmas Masses uh, coming up at St. John Cantus? A wonderful question. First, Midnight Mass is always, you know, it's always a great moment. So we actually have it, of course, right at midnight. But there's an hour of carols beforehand beginning at 11 p.m. And it's carols and sacred music, so people's hearts are always stirred up. And then the great proclamation of Christmas is sung. And then the choir and orchestra, the full orchestra, like it's like going to the symphony orchestra. All of a sudden you hear strings and trumpets, and they're all of a sudden playing a beautiful mass written by Mozart. In this case, it'll be a mass by Dvorak. And so that mass will, will be played as Bishop Perry, a wonderful bishop in Chicago, uh, processes around the church with the Christ child. And the, the whole people, that liturgy may be two hours. We may get home at 2 a.m., but most people don't want to leave when the liturgy is over because they're so enamored and they're so brought to a place of, of rest that they feel like, wow, we could just keep, keep going. Because that's what beauty does. It draws us along. Well, of course, uh, we go to. I, I, I started to say last last weekend, you guys had the the nineteenth uh, annual festival of uh, nine lessons and carols there at St. John Cantus, and uh, Bishop uh, Perry was was on hand for that. Uh, if if someone has never been to one of those, uh, can you share with us just a little bit of what it's like? Yeah, that experience of the lessons and carols is actually not a liturgical service, but it's a service for us to read scripture and sing some of these beautiful pieces of sacred music with our five choirs. But it, what is a great moment is there's so many people in our church who are not Catholic, whether Protestant or atheist or just people from the city. We had police officers. I think the mayor's office was there. But these people come for those good Christmas feelings, but they find something much more. So the scripture goes all the way from Isaiah all the way until the birth of Christ and the reading of the gospel from St. John, the word became flesh. And then to, to end, the whole service ends when we expose the blessed sacrament. This, this is Christ the Lord. Here, here is Christ. And so we're, we're pointing this out. I had one man that, that evening who came up to me and said he had not set foot in a church in 40 years, and he wanted to come home to the Catholic Church. And so that's, that's the power of beauty. Wow, that is so powerful. What's uh, your favorite carol or Christmas uh, song, Father? I think I love What Child Is This? Um, it's, it's classic. It's uh, green sleeves. Everyone knows that carol. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? It's tender. But then the carol all of a sudden brings the, the carol brings the mystery of Christ very clearly when it says, nails, spear, pierce him through the cross, be born for me, for you. That is the meaning of Christmas. They're all so beautiful. Another favorite of a lot of folks, it came upon a midnight clear. Absolutely uh, magnificent, the, the way that it is sung at St. John Cantus. Father, I got to tell you, uh, we were listening to uh, old St. John Cantus CDs, and I know you have a, a number of them, uh, with your fabulous uh, Christmas music uh, just the other day. And it, it, was, it was so much fun to play them really loud on the stereo. One thing I would say for our listeners is if, if you want to hear some of that Christmas music, you can just simply type in Cantus into YouTube and live streams will come up. Our midnight mass is actually broadcast, so people can hear the whole mass. I love it, Father. In the in the final moments that we have, can you leave us uh, with uh, your blessing here, uh, just days before Christmas? I'd be delighted. 
May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with all of you as we prepare for his birth. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, uh, Father Joshua, for being with us. Really appreciate it. Uh, Many blessings uh, to you the rest of the way here in Advent, and Merry Christmas to you and all the canons. Thank you so much, John. God bless you. God bless all of you. Thank you. Now, once again, it is time for another episode of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today is called The Moment by Bob Perks. I've never seen him sitting anywhere else. Even as I pull up alongside their modest one-bedroom apartment, I can see the front door. As always, he's at his kitchen table. It's small and very cluttered. There's only one chair for anyone visiting. One is more than enough for two reasons. Both he and his wife are in wheelchairs, and no one visits. They look poor by every measure one might have for being poor. He needs a haircut and can't spare the money for one. His wife would love the attention a hairstylist would give her, but that's out of the question. He lives in sweatpants and old tattered t-shirts. She's always in house coats faded from years of use. They barely survive on Social Security. The apartment is on one level in a development built for low-income residents. Access is easy with parking nearby. This is the third time I've been there. I needed someone to go grocery shopping even though relatives live close by. His list isn't very long, but each item is very specific. One pound of straight bologna, he says. Do they have crooked bologna, I ask? He politely smiles and says, they'll know at the deli. We go over item by item. With each, he explains what not to get as well. I don't want the store brand, it's too dry. Then he always asks for six bananas, always six, even though I was there just three days ago. He hands me money and I carefully count it in front of him in case I made a mistake. I don't want him to think I did something with it. I shop for my own home, so I know how to grocery shop. He's always amazed when I ask, seated or plain, or right of fries or store brand. It's what I know. Most guys couldn't grocery shop on their own. I see them in their cars lined up in front of the store with their dog on their lap. The wife's inside. I just wait for her, one man told me. I hurry through the list and do the best I can. When I return, I always offer to put it away for them. No, just place the things on the table, he tells me. That's the cluttered one covered in notebooks and medicine. Lots of medicine. Now, for Christmas, I'll try my best to get back here Monday or Tuesday. If someone else offers to shop for you, let them in case of the weather or my schedule might change. I said to him, Okay, he said, thank you for doing this. And he carefully turned his wheelchair toward me, placing his arms across his huge stomach. He says, My wife and I would like to wish you and your family a Merry Christmas. My heart pounded in my chest. There it was again, that moment I've told you about before. There was no sparkle, bangles, baubles, or ribbons. I did not hear the trumpets sound in heaven or the voices of a hundred angels singing. I could not see the bright lights or the star atop a well-decorated tree. No one hummed Silent Night in the background. But it was everything Christmas was meant to be and more. It was all he had to offer, and it was more than any one single gift or the sum of all I'll receive this year combined. It was the whimper of the Christ child and the sigh of Mary. It was the single beam of light shone down upon the place where he was born. It was the energy that filled the air and the peace that filled the hearts of man. It was the letting go of all my worries, cares, and concerns, and the hope which caressed my mind. He said, my wife and I would like to wish you and your family a Merry Christmas. Both he and his wife are dying. They're in hospice. There it is. Do you feel the moments? Matthew 25, 40, and the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. And our thanks to my partner, Glenn Leverance, for yet another 
inspirational story corner here on our last broadcast of the year. In these final days of Advent, I want to remind you to go to confession. Try to get to confession and let's remember Christ, the reason for the season by praying and watching the family rosary across America with Father Rocky and Maggie at 7 p.m. Central tonight and every night of the week here on Relevant Radio and the new and improved Relevant Radio app. And that'll do it uh, for uh, this Friday edition of Morning Air. For uh, Glenn Leverance, for producers uh, Sarah Tafoya, uh, Gabby Burke, uh, Brooke Taylor, uh, Young Thomas, our entire Morning Air team, um, I'm John Morales. Thanks so much uh, for joining us. It has been an absolute joy and a privilege and a, and a special uh, blessing to all of you out there listening to us. This is our last live Morning Air show of 2023. So have a very blessed and a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Feliz Navidad y Prospero Año Nuevo. Praise be Jesus Christ, the real reason for the season. The Patrick Madrid Show is up next. <laughs>